Coming up on Stu Does America, Glenn Beck stops by to discuss his newest special covering a hypothetical first 100 days of a Biden situation. Sounds like fun. And we now know who Anonymous is from that New York Times op-ed a while back. Well, I mean, we know his name now. I still have no idea who the hell the guy is. We just passed another milestone on YouTube. Make sure to keep subscribing. Just search my name, Stu, and I will be the first channel there. And for all you podcast listeners, I have a brand new Conserva Nerd polling update. It's up now. Be sure to listen, subscribe, and then rate and review the podcast. And those are audio only. So if you're listening on, you're watching on YouTube, go over to the audio feed now. Subscribe, get those updates up until the election. And if you'd like to tune into Glenn's new special or any kind of uh, Blaze TV content, uh, make sure you go and subscribe. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. Use the promo code Stu because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And you're going to save 30 bucks off your subscription. It's the biggest discount they've ever given. It's only available for a few more days. Another police officer defending his life means another city burned to the ground. Let's do Philly on Fire. Stu does America. Look, I will admit, there have been plenty of times I would have approved of setting the city of Philadelphia on fire. For example, in 2003, when the Philadelphia Eagles lost the NFC Championship to the Carolina Panthers. Or in 2008, when the Eagles were gifted a trip to the Super Bowl and instead lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Or in 2005, as the Eagles were trailing by two scores with three minutes left in the Super Bowl and somehow not running a no-huddle offense. But the Eagles are in first place. Two, four, and one, baby. You don't burn Philadelphia to the ground when the Eagles are in first place. Know the rules. Our own Elijah Schaefer went to Philly to check out the damage from all of the rioting. Here's how that went. So, I, so as you can see, it's kind of hard for me to talk right now because I got jumped inside of a five below that's currently being uh, ransacked and completely looted. And you see to my left right here, this is an Eye Encounters store. We have an amazing uh, nail spa. And also right over here, there's a Walmart that's been completely gutted. We are here uh, across the river in Philadelphia, right by a Chick-fil-A. Uh, what happened was, is I just went into the five below to just see what was going on with some of the looting. And uh, I was jumped by the Black Lives Matter protesters who uh, immediately started punching and kicking me. Uh, one of them punched me directly right in the lip. I had to go to hospital, I think, to get stitches. Uh, and this lip is just absolutely painful. But this is what's happening in the current state over the killing of Walter Wallace Jr. the other night. As Elijah would later point out, they looted a five below. If you're going to loot, why do you loot a five below? It makes no sense. As the store's name clearly indicates, everything in the store is worth five bucks or less. All of their stuff is basically free anyway. Look, I want a Marvel Spider-Man color twist bath bomb as much as the next guy, okay? But the price is so reasonable at five below, there's no need to loot. This message brought to you by five below. So why is another American city burning to the ground this time? Begins with a 911 call to deal with a domestic disturbance at the home of Walter Wallace Jr. His relatives say they wanted an ambulance because he has mental health problems, but police arrived first. The video we're about to show you is very disturbing. This is what happened next. Oh, 
this was the third time that day police had been at this house as things were pretty clearly breaking down in Wallace's life. As you could see, he was walking after the officers with something in his hand, believed to be a knife, and you can hear the officers telling him to drop the knife. It's hard to watch, and no matter what the idiocy of the rioting afterward, it is certainly a tragic event. A guy with serious problems, and I tell you this uh, with no joy, eight kids and a ninth one on the way, that man is dead, and all lives matter. But what exactly are the police supposed to do here? Maybe we can all work together and figure out this policy once and for all. How many times is an officer supposed to let a knife pierce his skin and internal organs before he can do something about it? Is there a number? Is it three times? 10? 50? How many pints of his blood need to be on the pavement before he fires his weapon? Give me, give me a number. Allow me to give you a little bit of free advice. If you go after a cop with a knife and continue to threaten him after he told you to back off over and over again, you will get shot. That's how it works. It doesn't matter what color you are or where you live. Don't do it. We always hear this story of the talk that black parents have to give to their kids. Be respectful to cops because they might just kill you. Well, every good parent gives some version of that talk. When I give the talk to my kids, it goes like this. Be respectful of cops because they deserve your respect, because they are there to help you, because they're risking their lives for you. And by the way, be respectful to cops as part of the larger project of being respectful to everyone. Teaching your kid from the youngest age to believe that the police are just itching to find a way to kill you for no reason is not going to generate anything but fear. It's certainly not going to generate respect. When an intense moment happens, they are going to instinctively activate their fight or flight mechanism. And neither one of those works very well with the police. Those who weren't breaking into a store that features this adorable Christmas tree pet hut for less than $5. I mean, that's amazing value. What doggy wouldn't want to sleep in there? Mm. The residents had very specific complaints over the incident. They said that the police should have known he had mental problems. Well, true enough, but getting stabbed by someone who is mentally unstable is still getting stabbed. Most of the mass killers in this country have serious mental issues. Their bullets still kill people. Well, what about this? Uh, why didn't a mental health professional come instead? This is a little known fact uh, here, but mental health professionals can die by stabbing too. Hmm, who knew? There's this strange idea that sending people who can't defend themselves into harm's way is some path to a lower body count. It's not. It's the opposite. You're going to wind up having to send mental health professionals with police escorts anyway, and these situations are going to play out the same way. Why didn't they use a taser? Well, first of all, here are a couple of retired officers explaining that very thing to NBC10 Philadelphia. Both retired Mount Laurel police officer Corey Jones. There's a sad, tragic interaction, unfortunately, for the gentleman and his family. And former FBI special agent J.J. Claver are weighing in. They reviewed this cell phone video taken by a bystander. This is not the kind of situation where a taser or 
pepper spray it is appropriate. There aren't any other options that we have in our tool belt besides verbal commands and then deadly force in that short time frame. So even if a taser wouldn't be ideal, why wouldn't they at least try it? Well, here's the thing. The officers didn't have tasers. I wish they did. Maybe it would have stopped them. I don't know. But they didn't have tasers. Why? Well, America, thanks to Philadelphia for giving all of us a little taste of what defund the police looks like. The police asked for additional funding for tasers for all officers, but couldn't get it. Therefore, they have the option of guns or letting themselves get stabbed repeatedly and hoping the guy with the knife tires himself out. Officers with less resources and less protective equipment means officers with less options. They'll always have their guns and they'll be forced to use them more often, not less. At the end of the day, nothing good has happened here. A man is dead. Two police officers are going to have to go into hiding despite using force in a legally and morally defensible way. Half the city is on fire and Five Below has been completely cleaned out of baby Yoda masks. It's true. But it's important to remember, even if you think this was terrible police work, there is no reason to believe it has anything to do with racism. A white guy who goes after police with a knife becomes a dead white guy. This is not a skin color situation. And the rioting and looting have nothing to do with race either. It has to do with opportunity. When you have national news networks justifying this behavior, people rightly believe that the, it's the perfect time to grab that TV, that iPad, or that wireless ultra plush massaging neck wrap at Five Below. That's, wait a minute, that's, that's 10 bucks. This wireless ultra plush massaging neck wrap at Five Below is 10 bucks. That's not right. What a ripoff. I now agree with burning the store to the ground, those bastards. But while this is a bad situation for everybody involved, there's only one person who is really pissed off about it. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., Here's a guy who's been running for president since like the 1800s. He's from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is the most important state. 538 estimates that if Joe Biden wins Pennsylvania, he has a 98% chance of winning the presidency. And here we are, less than one week from election day. And Philadelphia is giving one last vivid warning of what the Democrats have been cheering on for the last six months. One more city on fire, 11 people shot overnight, cops being threatened and run over, chaos. One more reminder to the people of Bucks County and Montgomery County. One more reminder to the suburbs. One more reminder that their cute and quiet little cul-de-sac life can be destroyed if you let the left run the show. Yeah, one more week, one more reminder. One more week to do something about it. Go birds. If you went through quarantine and you had uh, some issues, um, and I, I know a lot of people had a lot of really rough time during the COVID-19 quarantine process, but uh, the people who didn't get it, may have had a little bit of issue gaining weight. I mean, you weren't allowed to go outside. You weren't allowed to go to the gym for a while. 
And that was my big problem because I'm just such a gym rat, you know. It's just me. It's my life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can do intermittent fasting, though, and get rid of this problem fast. Just, I mean, honestly, you do this for a couple of weeks, and you're going to notice massive differences. Intermittent fasting is different because it's fast. I mean, it's fasting, and it's fast. kind of works together. I hate diets because it goes really slow, and you have to really watch everything you eat all the time. Not with Fast Blast. Uh, you can see results in just a day or two. They have these great smoothies you can try that uh, make it a lot easier if you want to go through it that way. Uh, you don't have to use the smoothies, but uh, it's a great thing to try. I would recommend, though, you use the new app called Fasten, uh, F-A-S-T-E-N. Uh, it's a great way to kind of track everything, monitor everything. You can set, like, little uh, countdown clocks that will, like, okay, like, this is the next time I have uh, in my next period to go eat. Uh, it, it's really cool. It makes it super simple. Plus, it lets you monitor your health and your hydration and, and all this stuff. One of the features on the Fast Blast w uh, website is their social media connection. They've got a great Facebook community that helps people encourage each other and get you through those tough times. Uh, I think you'll like that as well. Uh, do your own homework, of course. Go to Fasten. Uh, this is the app. You can get it at fastblast.com slash blaze. Or you can go, honestly, to any of your phone uh, app stores and just uh, type in F-A-S-T-E-N. Uh, get on Fasten. Check it out. Get started with something that's going to change your life. Do it today. It's Fasten is the uh, app, and the website is fastblast.com slash blaze. Happy to welcome back to the program Mr. Glenn Beck. His newest special airs tonight, immediately following this program at 9 p.m. Eastern. It is entitled President Biden's First 100 Days, Americans, America's Dystopian Future. Glenn, thanks for stopping in. Dystopian is it. You're I giving mean, away I can't, the plot line. I know. I can't believe I live in a country where half, just below half, or just above half, are willing to just kiss the Constitution goodbye. It's bizarre. They're not particularly interested in keeping it, that's for sure. No, they're not. Um, so the first 100 days, you're going to go through the stuff that looks like they're going to try to get done in the first 100 looks days? For, we are going through... Do you remember when we sat in the kitchen in New York City and we got the 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 first big spending bill and it was paper about oh, this yeah. thick? Oh, yeah. And I stood there and I was looking through it and I said to you, this, this isn't done in three months. No. This is not done in three months. All of this stuff... Who did this? Who did this? Well, it turned out that Obama was just digging into all of the Tides Foundations and all the George Soros Foundations, and they were the ones that produced the policy. Well, same thing is happening this time, uh, and they are ready to go, and we'll show you what they have planned. Uh, 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 an old listener of ours uh, messages us every once in a while, and he messaged me the other day, and he said, I was talking to a friend of mine who was undecided in a, in a recent election, and it wasn't until we went through all the people who, who they wanted to appoint that he converted to the, the conservative side at the time. And he suggested we do a show talking about all the people uh, that Biden wants to put, well, they're to not, put in these they're, cabinet roles. They're not saying. Um, they are alluding to. Mm -hmm. But Joe Biden is still trying to play that middle ground uh, where he's like, oh, you know, you'll just have to wait to see. Uh, yeah. uh, no, that's what Nancy Pelosi told us about Obamacare. And uh, we don't like it. No, um, but that, that was you know, they're like, well, we, uh, we might be vetting John Kasich. He's a Republican. And we're like, yeah. oh, great. Right. Um, but it's not th there are going to be this some... one is Elizabeth Warren. They're talking about for the Treasury secretary. Okay. Imagine what that does to the banking sector. She is. She is a regulatory nightmare. Nightmare. And she would say she's their nightmare. Oh, yeah. In fact, they say that, that 
Obama uh, put Geithner in and he was detached from the equity ideas that Obama said that he was going to do. They're not, this is not going to be a repeat of Obama. This is much more radical. They it say that they know that, you, that they normally, a president has to placate Wall Street, make sure the markets are fine, but they said it's too dire of an emergency with COVID and global warming to do that. Equity has to be addressed from the Treasury immediately. Because Geithner was really a, he was a Democrat, but he was a, a Wall Street guy. I mean, yeah. he understood the system. He worked within that system. Right. His problems were about, you know, some allegations of corruption and things like that. This is a different situation. This is a fundamental rethinking of this the is, system. This is, this is somebody in the Treasury that will help them put the Green Deal together and fundamentally change the economy. And what about Bernie Sanders? Bernie Sanders, they're talking about as the possible labor secretary. Imagine no. the labor unions, what a celebration that is for the labor unions. They're talking about taking and pulling back all right to work states. So any, if you have a right to work, they're talking about abolishing all of that. Wait a minute, you can't do that. Yes, you can, if you have changed the balance of the Supreme Court and added and packed the court. And you, you know, do all the other things that you are planning on doing. Uh, this is, I think, a big part of the election as we go into this last week here, which is, you know, look, the president is very important. There's no doubt about it. But it gets all the attention where the Senate is vital, because if this if they can keep 51 Republican senators, you're you likely going to be able to. What's that? You have two years. You have two years. You got to get through that two years. If you can keep 51. You can at the very least minimize the worst things they want to try to do. You're, you're still going to get spending bills. You're still going to get probably a tax hike. You'll still get some of the stuff, but you'll be able to at least prevent Packing the cord and getting rid of the Maybe. filibuster. And Remember, like that. they are. Um, Kamala said that she would give the Congress 100 days to um, change the gun laws mm -hmm. and get these guns off our streets. And if they didn't do it in 100 days, she would use executive powers. Right, but but if, you know, again, we know that they always seem to find a way around these things. But if you did that with 51 Republican senators. You would have a Supreme Court, which at this point probably is leaning conservative to stop at least some of the stuff, uh, you know, because they haven't been able to pack the court unless they get the Senate. They need the Senate to be able to pack the court. They need the Senate to be able to get rid of the filibuster. They need the Senate to do a lot of these things. And, you know, while Trump is in trouble, I think the Senate is also in trouble in a big way. They're both in trouble. This is um, they've they've talked about and I'm not sure if we're going to have time to get this in tonight, but they also talk about the under the radar stuff. They've already done um, studies on which cabinet member has the most tools mm. at their disposal to be able to change the dials and knobs to change things that you can't change back. And no one you don't have to go through anyone because it's a regulatory state. So th they've already studied and they already have lists of things that they're going to do that are under the radar. Look, you know this is true, and they're, they're in the middle of putting this together. It's interesting to see this dynamic between the far, far left and Biden, because the far, far left largely has sat back and said, you know what, yeah, Joe Biden, you know, look, he won the primary fair and square, want him to take out Trump. But they, they, that silence is being purchased by Joe Biden, um, and he's going to have to pay it back when he becomes president, he, if he becomes president. He absolutely made a deal with the left. Bernie Sanders said it. Mm -hmm. 
he came out and said it. We've made a deal. We got a lot of what we wanted. Well, what was that deal? What was it? Mm. Americans need to know what that was. And, you know, Joe Biden at this point is um, uh, is merely a Trojan horse. It is I mean, I don't know if you heard this week, Joe Biden again said, I'm Kamala's running mate. And everybody laughed and he said, you think I'm kidding? Watch, I'm her running mate. He said that out loud. What? What? Uh, listen to this from uh, Ilan Omar. This is an uh, interview she did. Um, was asked, if Biden's elected, are there any positions that you think a progressive Democrat should absolutely be in um, during the Biden administration? She said, uh, I, quote, I would all I would say all of the cabinet positions should be filled by filled by progressive Democrats. It will be. We know the policies we advocate are the most power are most po- popular for the American people. Uh, she, the the, the uh, interviewer asks if, if that's the case, what do you, uh, what you know, what do you think that Joe Biden's the nominee if he doesn't support all these policies? She says she thinks high approval ratings for Medicare for all. She goes through all that. Uh, and she says this, uh, you know, these are not the, these are the places that these po- uh, positions were popular where Bernie was leading. There are po- places where Joe was leading. So that should signal to Joe Biden that these people trusted me to lead. But, you know, these were the policies they want me to lead on. And, you know, act accordingly. I mean, <laughs> act accordingly. I don't know if it's a threat, but it's certainly a direction. It is a threat. Um, it is. Um, I mean, how many times have I read on the air legitimate people who were in the Clinton administration, like Robert Reich, who are now saying, what are we going to do with all these Trump supporters? Because they're going to get in the way. What yeah. are we going to do with them? Maybe we should have a truth and reconciliation program. Um it's terrifying because the radicals will not be turned away. The radicals will pursue those who disagree and shut them up one way or another. We are talking about trained Marxists. That's what trained Marxists do. Do you see, you know, because if Trump is to win, if Trump uh, is it to win, they hold the Senate. You know, there's some hope there, right, that Mm -hmm. good things would be Mm -hmm. around the corner. Mm -hmm. Is it realistic, though? I mean, we are going to see a this isn't doubting Trump. This is doubting whether the left is going to allow this election to stand. They're going to do everything they can to overturn it. Well, they already have. We're looking at tomorrow. We're going to be talking on radio about voter fraud in Texas. Um, and Texas is close enough to where you could flip this state. Um, um, but beyond that, even if it was a landslide for Trump, in their own words, they are planning on tearing this country apart until they get their way, until they get concessions. Uh, and those concessions are end of the Electoral College, at least uh, Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C. And if not those, then split up California into three states so they can have more senators and more congressmen. Unbelievable. Okay. Um, before you go, I want to uh, hit you with this. Tomorrow, you get inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. <laughs> Pretty cool. It is 
one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. It is. It is. Yeah. We never thought it was going to happen. End times. And nor should it happen. I mean, no, by, it based shouldn't. on merit. No, it shouldn't. Uh, but, uh, you know, of course, you picked the one year that a global pandemic has shut down the award ceremony. I didn't ceremony. pick it. They picked it. <laughs> That's true. They're like, like, get this one out of the way. They're now. like, look, 21, 2020 couldn't get worse. <laughs> Let him in. Uh, so what, how is this actually going to work? I, I, I've heard um, that you can actually check the special out. You can yeah, look, you can listen. We're going to talk about it tomorrow because I don't have the details in front of me, but people can listen. I'm hoping that it will be on Blaze Radio Network. Work. Uh, there will be on a lot of a lot of uh, stations, and we'll give you a website that you can go to to listen to it. Um, but uh, it's it's quite an honor. It's a very big honor. It's a very big honor, and there's some um, really big names that are going to be appearing. I think Smokey Robinson is going to be giving uh, Donnie Simpson his uh, place in the Radio Hall of Fame. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I got a you know, I got Dom. You know, Dom Theodore, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dom Theodore that nobody guy. knows, but he's great. He's, well, everyone knows him in radio, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but everyone knows the names in the Radio Hall of Fame. You're talking about you know, Bob Hope. Uh, Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan, right, is in the Radio yeah. Hall of Fame. Orson Welles. Um, uh, I can't think of any more now, but they're all there. Milton Berle is uh, and in then there. Like, George, uh, George Burns is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, and of course people like Imus is, is, yeah. is in. Uh, as well, this is a uh, it's a legendary. He might be kind of like the Pete Rose, and I know he's not in the Hall of Fame, yeah. and probably shouldn't be. This one slipped through. This Pete Rose kind of slipped through. <laughs> I like that you attempted a sports analogy there. Yeah, Pete yeah, Rose, yeah. I believe should be in the Hall of Fame, but he, you're right, he is not. This is good. You, yeah. that was like a. A worthwhile yeah, sports. Maybe a little asterisk next to my name. Maybe, maybe. I like that. All right, Glenn Beck, uh, the special is tonight. Uh, make sure you check it out. Just President Biden's first 100 days, uh, America's dystopian future. You can, of course, watch it on uh, with your Blaze account. Go to blazetv.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show. And you can watch Glenn's stupid show after that. His is a little bit less stupid. 30 bucks off, though, either way, which is great. Is it on YouTube as well, uh, this it one? It is, because uh, I encourage you to watch it with somebody or share it with somebody who is on the fence. Not a diehard, yeah. but somebody who's on the fence uh, because hopefully they will see it and go, wait, Wait, that can't be. And it's all open source. And they're definitely not going to censor it or anything, right? Oh, no. Okay, good. I figure next week they're going to be censoring us anyway, so <laughs> we're close enough. Yeah, get a running start on it? Okay, yeah. perfect. Uh, Glenn Beck, uh, thanks so much for coming on the program. Yeah, thank you. All right, back in a second. Were you on the edge of your seat like I was when we heard? We might find out today who Anonymous was. Yeah, the anonymous person who wrote that op-ed that nobody remembers from 2018. That's right. We never found out. I will say I am surprised we never found out uh, until he wanted to actually tell us who he was. I kind of thought in the year, I don't know, 2018, I think this was, he really didn't have enough. It was impossible to stay secret for that long. I will give him some credit, I guess, for that, if, if you want to give him some credit. Uh, the person's name is um, Miles. Uh, what's his name? Taylor? Miles Taylor? Who the hell's Miles Taylor? Uh, this whole time, this is. Uh, do you remember? I, I opened this up from the, my phone because I couldn't remember what it said. 
The Times is taking a rare step of publishing an anonymous op-ed essay. We have done so at the request of the author, a senior official in the Trump administration whose identity is known to us and whose job would be jeopardized by its disclosure. We believe publishing this essay anonymously is the only way to deliver an important perspective to our readers. We invite you to subs uh, invite questions and stuff. Well, I mean, someone should have asked, uh, what if this guy is, is someone we've never heard of? What, what happens then? Will you guys delete this? What's the thing? I mean, people were like thinking it was, might be Mike Pence. It might be Nikki Haley. Do you remember that? Miles Taylor? I guess he worked for the Department of Homeland Security. He was, um, people are, are, are saying... Uh, he was the chief of staff for Kristen Nilsson, who, while well, the agency was separating migrant children from their families. Who built the cages? Who built the cages, Joe? Who built the cages? Uh, it's interesting, though, in the, in the idea that this guy's been an out-of-the-closet Trump sort of detractor for a while. And he just released this book that said, uh, you know, I'm anonymous and uh, here's, here's all my complaints about the White House. And now he comes out and announces himself. And he's, I mean, look. Do I think this was an honorable act? No. Am I a little impressed by the grift? I got to say kind of. I mean, this guy was able to not only get a job at CNN to be Mr. Anti-Trump uh, uh, president or uh, anti-Trump Republican guy. He's able to get that gig while at the same time selling a book about being anonymous uh, to a publisher and making money off of that. Plus, at one point, he had a job still in the White House. He's making money off of that. And then he was getting interviewed by Anderson Cooper, who was asking him if he was anonymous, and he was just lying on television. He was getting paid on both sides of this. I mean, it's pretty brilliant. I don't know why he ever outed himself. He could have been doing this to the end of time. There could have been a new anonymous book, like every six months for the next 10 years. This guy could have cleaned up. The only thing I complain about here is that he quit too early. I will say it's pretty pathetic. And I will say this as well. Yes, Miles Taylor. Miles Taylor uh, did not, other than my, my admiration of his grift, uh, look, it's not a great moment, I'm sure. Uh, it's not going to go on his resume. But worse than Miles Taylor, quite clearly, is the New York Times, who basically made us all believe this was some important person who had a problem with the president and ran an op-ed by them, claiming they were this big senior administration official. Who is this guy? Senior administration official? Apparently that term can mean anything. Someone who takes a tour of the White House is a senior administration official. And, you know, the fact that the New York Times came out and made it appear as if a much bigger figure... Uh, had problems with the president and allowed it to turn into this big spectacle that it did is an embarrassment for the Times. Uh, it would only be embarrassing for the Times if uh, if they didn't already have so much invested in it, if they didn't do it on purpose. This is not this is not a uh, a fake scenario. I mean, they even say like that we're taking this incredible step, this broad step to make sure that everyone knows this is really important. And then it's Miles Taylor. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he's important to his family and, uh, and other people, maybe, um, that I don't know. But none of us knew who he was. None of us knew, uh, would, would have cared who he was. The, reason, the only reason the anonymous thing worked for him is because if people heard his name, no one would care. 
I just don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. Uh, Joe Biden also, by the way, is positioning himself as FDR. This is according to Time magazine. He ran at a president at a time of record unemployment and economic despair with democracy itself in apparent retreat around the globe. He overcame tremendous personal hardship and promised to heal the battered nation. His friends thought of him as a unifier. His enemies called him a socialist. If it sounds like you're talking about Joe Biden, you'd be right. If, it, if you'd also be talking about Franklin Delano Roosevelt, you'd also be right. Because he's FDR. Now, look, FDR is voted routinely as one of the best presidents of all time by the left. I kind of seem to remember him a little bit as the guy who said, you know all those Japanese people? Let's throw them in some camps. That should be fun. Uh, that's not exactly uh, something that I would aspire to. I do not think he was a good president. Uh, that's not to say he never did anything positive, but a lot of the stuff he did was really, really negative for the country. He put us in trillions of dollars of debt. Uh, he, uh, he made the American people dependent on the government. He, cre he took this rugged individualist society and said, you know what? Maybe every single person should just get a bunch of money for no reason after they retire. Now, look, do we want to take care of our senior citizens? Of course we do. But that was not the way we did it before FDR. And FDR forced these programs through. Many of them were unconstitutional. He decided he wanted to try to pack the court so he could get away with them. This is not a president you should aspire to. But this is actually part of the argument. They're saying that Joe Biden uh, is similar to FDR. Uh, they say um, uh, he wanted to create programs for people in need. Uh, he also was called a socialist over and over and over again. Um, uh, and they're, they're trying to say that that was wrong. They also say um, he tried to pack the courts. They do point that out, which Biden may or may not be doing. Detractors hur hurled insults at both men. Uh, President Trump was, uh, has wrongly accused Biden of being a socialist many times. Roosevelt was called a socialist, not a Democrat, by one critic, while a GOP congressman called the New Deal undisguised state socialism. Here's the thing. Obviously, we have these programs here, and uh, no one wants to call them socialist, um, but they are. They just are. I, I hate to say it. They are. Uh, you know, it's one thing to take a government program and fund the need, most needy among us in certain situations. You can come up with a justification for that. You can't come up with a justification to give money to every single citizen when they hit a certain age. That's just socialism. That's what it is. Now, you want to give free health care to every single person of a certain age. It's socialism. Now, it's limited socialism. It's not socialism across an entire society. So it's better than what some other countries do. But we shouldn't be going down this road at all. We should have targeted programs if we have them. They should be targeted towards the people who are most needy. Bill Gates should not be getting Social Security. You know, I mean, I, this is it's a, it's an everlasting complaint for me. Uh, much worse then a welfare program is a universal giveaway program like Social Security. And you say, well, I pay into that uh, program. Yeah, you pay into every program. What do you think your tax dollars are? You pay into the government and they, give you, they, give, they distribute the money. That's what we all talk about, redistribution of wealth. Obviously, I could give you the numbers about how most people put way less money into Medicare and Social Security than they take out. Uh, that's a well-known fact. It's why it's, of course, going bankrupt all the time. Uh, but like the, the idea that in the best scenario, and this is not true, but if you were to take money and give it to the government and they just put it in a bank account and it grew uh, with uh, various levels of interest and then they gave it back to you when you turned 65, is that a socialist program? 
Well, at the very least, it's a terrible investment program, and it's a forced investment program. So, I mean, I'm totally comfortable when, when the government takes your money to, to do things it tells you it, that must be done to benefit you because you're just not too smart. You can't quite do it on your own. That, to me, is not a program I want to achieve uh, and follow uh, in any way. And beyond that, when you look at the idea of taking a program and you give it to everybody, uh, as opposed to a welfare program that gives to only people who at least qualify in some way, I'd much rather have the welfare program. It's certainly a lot cheaper uh, than a universal program. FDR was a terrible president. LBJ was worse. Uh, these guys are, are not good. They were not good for our society. They did a lot of really bad things. And Joe Biden and FDR is a comparison that if you actually know who FDR was, is not a terrible comparison. I mean, there's, there's a lot of a lot of reason to believe he's going to govern like FDR. And that might mean very well that we go trillions and trillions of dollars more into debt than we are today. That's not something to achieve. That's not something to celebrate uh, if you're running for president. Um, we do have this one last result here before we, uh, before we leave you. Nickelodeon has a kids' election. Now, they're not electing kids. They're electing the actual president. They have a kids' vote. And, you know, usually what, what kids are going to vote for is who their parents generally like. Uh, this one, they've actually been doing it since 1988. They have called six of the eight elections correctly. This time they say Joe Biden will win 53 to 47. So let's hope they're going six for nine. Back in a second. So we wake up pretty early around here to do the radio show and we get through that. And then you got, of course, all the meetings and you got this show. And then, of course, you go home, you get, you know, the kids are running around. They want you to go out and play sports outside. And uh, of course, I got to fit in my 14 meals a day. It's very difficult uh, to, to do my life. I mean, it's one of the hardest things. No one has ever had a more difficult and challenging life than me. I mean, look at this, you know, I mean, I'm sitting here every day slaving away for you, for your entertainment. And uh, and what do I get out of it? I mean, other than a steady paycheck. And, and I get to subscribe to FDR-style programs and get lots of money from everyone else. Coffee and energy drinks can get you through the day for a little while, but again, they're not good for your health, and you get a crash at the end of it. That's why you need Dawn to Dusk. Dawn to Dusk is a great product because it can help you stay sharp without all the junk and all the crashing and the jittering and all, all the weird things that go on. Uh, with other supplements. Dawn to Dusk is a physician-formulated extended-release energy supplement. Lasts up to 10 hours. It increases your energy. It improves your mood. It stimulates your brain. And it's all with no jitters. Safe and effective, and you can try it now. There you've got a two-week quick start pack for only $14.99. Go to BrickHouseStew.com. BrickHouseStew.com. Now remember, the word stew is in there for a reason. Why? Because that's how they know you like this stupid show. BrickHouseStew.com. Go there now. Get Dawn to Dusk. Check it out. See if you like it. I think you will. $14.99, 70% off right now. It's BrickHouseStew.com. I am running out of gas here. I had to say, we just talked about Dawn to Dusk, and I'm out of it, and I need more because I, I can't get through these days anymore. We have a week to the election. I'm getting very tired. You don't understand what kind of hard work this is. This is like... I mean, it's definitely harder than the work you're doing, right? I mean, <laughs> I'm sitting here at a desk. You know, I have to get dressed multiple times a day. Got to say some words out loud. I mean, it's really tough. That's why I use 
new charged watermelon shock uh, Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel Zero. Um, actually, this is a real product. I love this. This is the, this is the full name. New charged watermelon shock Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel Zero. And the description is charged watermelon shock watermelon flavored zero calorie energy drink with other natural flavors. I'm sure there's so much natural in here. Um, this is one thing I wanted to show you, though. Have I ever done this on the air before? This is, a, this is the only can that has this concept, okay? Um, the top of the can has a different opener than every other can, okay? You open it up like this, and you slide back the top like this, and it creates the little hole that you drink out of. Now, that seems kind of normal, but a little bit different. Um, now, the big thing here, though, is let's say you're halfway through with this Charged Watermelon Shock Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel Zero. And you're like, I would like to save some Charged Watermelon Shock Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel Zero for later. Okay. All you have to do is you slide it back like this, right? Like that. And then you, you pop this thing right here. Can you see that? I don't know. If you see that and then it snaps back into place, you're resealing the container. See, look at that. I mean, this is beautiful. Just open, open like that, slide it back. Right, you got a little hole right there. You close it up, pop it back in, and it keeps, uh, I would say, most of the carbonation going for a while, much longer than if you keep it open. So just kudos to capitalism. Kudos to the folks over at Charge Watermelon Shock Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel Zero uh, for getting me through the day today. Uh, I, you know why I'm frustrated? I have a couple more minutes left to talk to you. I have these three stories in front of me. I don't want to tell you about any of them because they're just agonizing. But I will give you a little preview just to give you a little taste. It's like the first drop of charged watermelon shock Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel Zero. It's that first little taste. Watching AOC in Congress is like watching Jordan at North Carolina. That story makes me want to kill myself. Um, it's from, I think, Esquire. Or Vanity Fair? I don't care. It's one of those stupid magazines. Um, but they're trying to make it seem like, oh, she's got lots of talent, and she's not quite there yet, I guess. And, and I mean, Michael Jordan did hit a game winner in an NCAA championship, uh, for an NCAA championship. Maybe something you want to throw in there. Um, you also have um, Jaden Michael, who is a person, apparently, is going to play a young Colin Kaepernick in a Netflix series. How about this? Jon Stewart is returning to... Apple TV uh, now with a current affairs series, which could not seem any worse. Okay, I will say what it doesn't sound nearly as good as a good old charged watermelon shock Mountain Dew Amp Game Fuel Zero. Okay, that's I want my entertainment to be of that quality, and unfortunately, none of these choices are. I would read more about these stories, but unfortunately, in the midst of things, they've been torn to pieces. Uh, so we'll have to get to them next time. Back in a second. So if you are not subscribed to the podcast feed, please do so. You can do it on iTunes, a bunch of different places. If you do that, you're going to be getting special polling updates as the polls come out during the day. We're in the last week of polling. These are a lot of these polling agencies' last effort to call this race. We'll go over them, look at the details, see which ones look legit, see which ones look ridiculous. Uh, that'll all happen on these polling updates. Just subscribe to the podcast feed and you'll get it. Uh, you can do it on iTunes. In fact, that's where you can also go to 
give a little review. We'll have this one here. I hope this is the appropriate amount, uh, appropriate amount of stars. Uh, best stupid show around. Entertaining and informative. Whatever. Five freaking stars. Thank you very much. Stupid show. I listen to your stupid show every day. Rain or shine. Mostly rain. Five freaking stars. Thank you so much. We will see you tomorrow. We have Michael Knowles on the program. See you then.